welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler. In this episode, we are going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and the life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. I'm excited today because I have comedy star regular Brian Scheel, who also performs at the Laugh Factory. Yes, I said it, the Laugh Factory. And uh, he's um, directed MTV's Live from Comic-Con. He has his own production company called Entertainment Services L.A., and we've been friends for like 20 years, 20 Bob. years, when we were seven. Right? We, we've known each other for a long time, and I'm really happy to be here with you. I didn't know the name of the show was Money You Should Ask, which is a great name. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't know I was doing a money show. But That's all right, let's talk. This is to have comedians on a money show. It's like got to be. It's got to be short, right? It's no, going to be a short show. Because well, yeah, it, that's exactly. Well, what we do is we, you have to show us your bank account, <laughs> and then you need to. Please, there's not, This will be a very short segment, folks. You have to tell us um, all your credit card balances. Get my social security number out there. That's right. Let's get, get it, it in. And uh, how much money's in your wallet? Yeah. All that kind of stuff. I don't know what comedian does it, but when when you know the the. There's a, there's a standard joke that says you know when you know you're in trouble when your you your identity is stolen and they give it back right yeah and they they say no thank you and that's probably most comics most starting <laughs> out starting out some people that's true okay it's maybe true. not in the top but uh, so let me ask you this so um, did you always want to be a comic I was a Bon Jovi wannabe okay living in New Jersey with the hair. With the hair. And the torn jeans. Nice. And tuxedo shirt with splattered paint. Like, dude, the name of the band was Tuxedo Parkway. And we, yeah. And Tuxedo Parkway is a street in Newark, New Jersey, where still to this day you can buy crack. It is a crack den. (laughs) Do you get a discount that you've been there long enough? Do you get it, or is it still the same price? You know what? There, There are bulk discounts. Okay. At Tuxedo Parkway. And the, the, the best thing about Tuxedo Parkway is one time in New Jersey going through dry, pouring rain. It was like Thanksgiving, right? Some, something like that. And my cousins are over and I'm a fall down crackhead at this point, right? And I thought I was going to be Bon Jovi, dude. Like I missed the hairband era. I thought like, like Bon Jovi was already over and I still had to <laughs> jeans. Still gonna be yeah, there. I was still going to make it. You know, I was like, no, it's coming back. Um, my family's over, like my cousin is over Thanksgiving and it's pouring rain in New Jersey. Like nobody wants to get out of the car. And I t- we're, we're out and I say, I can, I can find us. I can score us some, some drugs. I can score. And he's like, is this bad topic to talk about? Are no, you edit did, this out? This no, is, no, not at all. I don't even know how we got here. Sky's the limit. So, oh, Tuxedo Parkway. So we're driving well, down comics, Tuxedo drugs, Parkway. Yeah, right? Comics. It's <laughs> drugs. Things. It happens. Oh, you asked me how I want to be a comedian. And yeah. this is what I thought I was going to be Bon Jovi. So I'm driving down Tuxedo Park with my cousin and my cousin's like, dude, you don't know anyone. There's no way that you're going to be able to, to, to cop something here. You don't know anybody. And we're driving down the street and you hear from this alley a guy just screaming, Brian! And he comes running down the street to catch us. And he's like – so he, so he knew me and that was what I started – you know, the bulk discount. Right. So I was that, known there. It works. So and that was my cousin, know. my cousin Peter Dante who is now a famous actor. All right. And he was also a – Now, Dante sounds Italian. He is, he is Italian. That is definitely the Italian side of the family. Okay. Just checking. But we are Irish, my family, mostly. There you go. And, mostly. Then, and then so Bon Jovi didn't happen. So I didn't always want to be a comic, right? But um, 
I played at these clubs, and I played at this one club called Rascals in West Orange, New Jersey. And if any other comedians that have ever done anything in comedy are listening to this podcast, they know about Rascals. Okay. So it's it was a very, very hot club in, in West Orange, New Jersey. Then we had a, a couple that we opened down the, the Jersey Shore. And I used to be the guitar boy upstairs playing, you know, Margaritaville and American Pie and all that. And downstairs, we had comedy shows. And I put up the sound system and I talked to everybody. I was very young. I mean, I was just out of high school at that time. And we started taping the shows. Okay. So I was getting into production, hence the production company the that production I own company. now. I was getting into production and we would go to the high school <laughs> on a Friday with beer okay. from the club right. and give it to the security guard and he would let us take the cameras out for the weekend. Oh, cool. And we would take the cameras out and we started taping our own show in West Orange, New Jersey. Now, we did it for many years, man. I mean, we did it for 10 years. Wow. When we first started, we really got good at it. You know, like all we did was focus on production, lighting, sound, and weed. That was it. And yeah. that's all we did. And I, like, I did the sound, like, and, I'm, and I, I would just hours and hours of like smoking and having my headphones on and like, does the microphone sound better this way or that way? It was the same. It sounded right. the same. Sounded but, exactly you know, the same. To, to but, me. But yeah. you were very ready to make it be perfect. So we taped 400 shows there. And when I tell you, everyone that's ever become anything in comedy did our TV show. And we're talking Tim Allen, Ray Romano, Chris Rock, Jim Carrey, uh, Drew Carey. Uh, the host of the show was Rosie O'Donnell for, for a full what? year. Rosie O'Donnell hosted our show. This is before they were famous. Tim Allen, before he did The Tonight Show. Ray Romano, his Tonight Show spot was from my cameras with the weed. Okay? Wow. Yeah, this is true. And this is what got me into comedy. And we did – I mean, dude, it goes on and on and on. Wow. I mean, Dennis Wolfberg, Carl LeBeau. Carl LeBeau. I love Carl LeBeau. Carl LeBeau, who just texted me. I texted his picture off the wall. I just texted him his picture off the wall, and he just texted me back. Carl LeBeau, John Fox. Wow. Do you remember John Fox? Mm -hmm. John Fox, Ali Joe Prater. Wow. All of these guys. They all did it. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan did the show twice with, Joe, with hair. Had all of his hair. Jay Moore, first time on stage, Rascals Comedy Club. Wow. Like how, why did – why was that such a place? I mean, it was outside New York City, and I swear to you, the 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 Letterman Show, the Tonight Show, um, they all found out that there was this club. It was 1988. Through mm -hmm. we did it through 1988 to 1998, and they all found out that you could get a really good three camera tape if you went and did it for these potheads right. in the in this rascals comedy club and you were the pothead i was with, one of the one the... of the potheads okay rob perna who was the director of the show who works for entertainment services right now today wow. like he's in new york runs my office there we're still in it every comic would come and do the show I'm, i mean dude it, it's everybody it's That's I mean, so cool tim allen did the show forever jackie the joke man martling Hosted the show for a year also. <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell. We had 52 wow. episodes with Rosie as the host. Wow, that's cool. Ellen DeGeneres. Um, I mean, it, it literally goes on and 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 on. What's her name? So, Chelsea, Chelsea Handler. Oh, I love her. So then why'd you leave? Why'd you, uh, why'd you leave? Okay. So, well, um, the, it was a great time. I will not 
I, I almost wouldn't change anything from that time in my life. I mean, but my job was to go pick up John Fox at the airport yeah. and get him to the club. But he would make me go down Tuxedo Parkway. Because you knew people. On the way. <laughs> because I knew people. Yeah. And, and it was everybody. It was all the comics. And it, was, it really got out the word. Brian will pick you up. Don't go to Tuxedo Parkway is what the owner would say. Don't, <laughs> don't go. But every comic. Would say, take me there. You're going to Tuxedo Parkway, right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, all right. So we do it. And it really became a problem. I mean, at that time, I worked for a lot of people in show business right. um, doing the sound. I was really <laughs> into it, dude. Like, I was really focused on it. I mean, I, I for uh, six months, I was the monitor engineer for the Rolling Stones on the Steel Wheels tour. Wow. And I did the whole East Coast because I could make the speakers not feedback right like and they were going deaf and i could pick out the feedback frequencies and i would get rid of them and so they liked me so they kept me on the tour now you know you keith richards and mick jagger steel wheels they they quit doing all the drugs that was the big tour they're come back they're sober they're gonna do that left a lot of excess drugs right for that the, had to be taken. For the sound guys, yeah. Right. I don't want to waste it. You don't want to waste right? it. Yeah. Oh, I hate wasting right. that stuff. <laughs> so you know you have a drug problem. When Keith Richards checks you into rehab, <laughs> that's really when it's like, like mm. yeah. This would be funny, but this is true, Bob. This right. is before we even met, dude. Wow. So I was still living in New Jersey at that time. Wow. And I would work for these people, and then I would do like like Legends in Concert. It was mm -hmm. a big show in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. I went and I saw that. John Stewart owned legends in concert okay. at that time he had a house on tuxedo park wait no he didn't uh, <laughs> but he was quite the guy in vegas and i would do the corporate shows with these guys and i would travel with them and i would direct the show for lack of better yeah term i would call the show the live show I would call the lights and call the sound and i would drink and if i could get to a certain part in the show that was complicated okay they would let me start drinking and I would have to get through the Dolly Parton, Wayne Newton bit, and then the drinks would it's start like, coming. like, okay, Brian, you can drink now. Right. He'll make it through the rest. The rest is easy. And I would write jokes for the Dolly Parton and the Wayne Newton and the, and the Elvis. I would write jokes. I'd be like, hey, try this. Try that. And then I'd fall down. And then one night I'm sitting there and the, the, the Bon Jovi, the Bon Jovi hair turned into – just super long, like right. all one length, and I got really heavy, dude. Right. Like I, 285. I was wow. weighing 285. You never even knew me that wow. big. So I, from Bon Jovi, I looked like meatloaf now. Right. So now, now I mean, I looked exactly like, imagine, look, I look like meatloaf and the hair right. and everything. Like people thought I was meatloaf and I was like 21 years old. I'm like, oh wow. my God, this that's, is bad. Right. Fine. So I'm watching Legends in Concert. And all the same people that I had written little bits for were all on the same show. And I sat there and I said, you know what? I just watched my show. That's my show. Right. And I'll never do that like this. Right. Drunk. And that was it. I quit. Didn't touch. Not. And that was 22 years ago. And right. I haven't had a drink, not a joint, nothing. Wow. And I'm really upset about it. I'm really miss. <laughs> That's, I wish I could smoke weed. I really do. Yeah. No, sometimes you got to just say but goodbye. But I can't. 22 years, man, I haven't had anything. That's so cool. And so that's how I became a comedian.
Okay. And all this stuff was still going on in New Jersey, so I had to leave. And I moved here. Right. And that's when I started coming around the comedy store. Right. And, uh, <laughs> like, I knew all these people in show business, like like Keith Richards. If I said, Keith, call Mitzi Shore, call somebody who manages the comedy store and tell them they should give me an audition. And he would do it. Right. Or Tom Jones. It was right. actually Tom Jones who called and talked to Scott Day, who was oh the God, booker. Oh, my God. I know. Yes. Scott Day was the booker here and said, I don't know if it was Tom Jones or his manager. Maybe it was his manager. But Tom Jones put the word in and said, this guy, you got to give him a shot. And Scott Day said, all right, you got a tape? And I'm like, <laughs> you have a tape. I got a three camera tape. I'm like, I got a three camera, beautiful it's true, but I had never been on stage as a comedian yet. Right. I have just played guitar in an Italian restaurant. Right. And that's it. But I had all these people in production that would tape me. So I said, guys, come down, bring your serious, serious broadcast HBO equipment and tape me. And I was living in Hermosa Beach and the Comedy Magic Club. Oh, cool. Okay. Another, do you remember Finest Henderson? Finest Henderson's picture is on the wall okay. at the in La Jolla Comedy Store. Right. Finest and Mitzi were like this. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were really tight. Yeah. And Finest got me in at the Comedy Magic Club, and the owner of the Comedy Magic Club let me go there during the day and tape my little what I thought was my comedy set, which right. Anthony, horrible. <laughs> let me tell you. When I tell you I was the worst, I mean I would have I'm not even making this up, like a Henny Youngman setup and a Woody Allen punchline. Like, and I thought, like, I wrote that joke. It's like, oh, that, that's great. And it's like, no, dude, that is a Henny Youngman setup and a Woody Allen punchline. That Horrible. But I played guitar, so I had to do a couple stupid, you know, dick songs that were just – I was yeah. horrible, dude. Like, just terrible. And so we're at the Comedy Magic Club in an empty room during the day. Which is always the best time to do comedy. Right. There's yeah. no audience, nothing. Love that. That's and, always fun. And the guys are shooting me with serious television equipment, right? Right. So I give Scott Day my tape. Oh, no. <laughs> because Tom Jones' manager said, look at this guy. So Scott Day, he's like, I give him my tape. And I'm like, you got to watch me. You got to watch me. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll watch you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> You got to watch it. You got to watch me now. You got to watch it. It's great. It's great. Oh, no. And he puts in the VHS cassette tape, and he doesn't see one joke. He sees the opening, and it, that it's at the Comedy Magic Club, which is a real club here in right. California. If you play there, yeah. you know, Jay Leno played there for 37 years. If you're on that stage, you're a real comic. Right. Not to mention it's during the freaking day, and right. nobody's there. Right. right? But and they can't see that. Yeah, they can't see that. He's watching this. It, it looks like television right. to him. And he's like, all right. He doesn't hear one joke. And the phone rings. And he presses stop. And it's Mitzi on the phone. Somebody canceled for an audition that Sunday. That Sunday. And Scott Day says, you want to you you audition on Sunday? And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. You know? <laughs> he hadn't heard one joke. Nothing. 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 And he puts me up. And I am horrible. And I'm like in the back of the room. Arsenio's on stage. Dice Clay is there. The, the, the Wayans brothers. The room is packed. The original room. And I am scared 
to death. Yeah. I got my jokes written on my hand. I've done that. I'm sweating. The jokes are running, you know, down my hand. I'm like, oh, forget it. And Sandy Shore told me, you know, those Henny Youngman jokes you think you're going to do? She goes, don't do that. You're funny. Just go be funny. And I'm like, what do you mean? This is my big audition. She's like, look, your jokes suck. <laughs> well, no, wait. How did Sandy know? Just talking on the phone. Okay. Yeah, she knew. S- Sandy knew. And at that time, Sandy used to come here. And do the workshops. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She knew. So she wanted me to take the workshop right. and do all that. You she know? knew. So, so, yeah, so she, <laughs> she knew. She knew you needed it. She knew, yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. She was like, she thought I was cute or whatever. This is after I lost all the meatloaf weight. Yeah. You know, so. So you didn't do the jokes. So. I'm in the original room, and the window's open, and there's the tour bus for Judas Priest is out there. They're playing the House of Blues right across the street. Yep. So you can see the tour bus. Rob Halford had just come out of the closet as gay, like right. that week. Wow. And I threw away my stupid Henny Youngman jokes. I grabbed my guitar, and I went up and did Living After Midnight, and you got another thing coming in just a- just the gayest, happiest, just heavy metal queen that I could just possibly do, and I just and also he turned into a black woman, so so it was Rob Halford, just gay as the days long, and a black woman, and he went in there and we did that, and I crushed, I freaking killed, dude. That the room went completely berserk, and I'd never practiced it, never wrote it, it wasn't a bit, nothing. I went up and I winged my audition for Mitzi, and. Came down and she said, "You're you're a comedy store regular." Wow! And then, if I remember the story, <laughs> oh, then it, she starts really booking me like a lot, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. She's putting me up a lot, and I go back to my <laughs> your jokes. I go back to what I thought was my little jokety jokes, and I proceed to tank it every show. I mean, I'm fucking, I am eating it right, right. every show, and. I didn't, I didn't care. I mean, I was like, she loved me. I was kept getting spots every week. Right. And I took, I really took that time. Yeah. I really, I was doing production a little bit at that time. Mm-hmm. Like I came out here and I had a great resume. Right. My audio resume was stellar. I mean, it was right. fantastic. And I visited every production company in Los Angeles, could not get a job. Then OJ kills his wife. Everybody always gets, helps. Everybody gets yeah. twice as busy because everybody's got to be at the courthouse. Right. And every production company that I visited starts calling me. And then I've got daytime work. So I've got that going. But when I did that and I started working as a comedian again every, on a weekly basis, I, I quit all that. Like I really focused on trying to develop the characters, the, the, the Rob Halford queen, the heavy metal yeah. queen character. I developed that into a – into, into the village person, gotcha. and the village person is an Indian who wants right. wants to open a casino, and it was, and I developed that character into like and 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 Tom Jones. I would do Jack Jones would be like the not the not the the biggest man in show biggest working man in show business instead of like, you know, um, in, instead of um, and now I'm forgetting his name, but anyway, I would do all these characters, kind of mosh right. them up together, and, and characters, and, and and I would mosh them up, and I really took that time to, to work on them. I would still try my little stupid jokety jokes, right. which never worked. Tanked, dude. I mean, it was bad. Dice used to go back there and just, as soon as I got up on stage, 
and Dice would just start throwing the light. Gee, Dice, Dice would just start giving right. me the Get him off. Get yeah, him I'm off. like five seconds into my act, and Dice is blinking the light. And um, so then Mitzi gets the word. That you're not good. That I'm tanking it. Right. Right? And she said, you have to, you have to re-audition. And I'm like, oh, crap. All right. And so she comes in to see me again. And at that time, I had the village person. I had the James Jones, the hardest working man in show business, the biggest working man in show business. James Brown, Tom Jones together, get it? Yep. The biggest working man in show business. Bad jokes still, though. But, like, I would do jokes like like – I'll laugh later. Yeah, like Tom Jones. How 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 big is he? He's so big, he's right behind you. <laughs> how how big is he? He's so big, he can carry two cups of coffee and a dozen donuts. That those, those kind of jokes, you yeah. know, like terrible. But if I did them as this character, they were funny. Mitzi loved it, and yeah, and the audience loved it. It was a very, you know, yeah. shiny. Yeah. Things, wigs, and stupid shit. Right. So Mitzi comes in. I have to re-audition. And I do those three characters. I do the village person, um, James Jones, and Elvis. And Elvis had a rehab. That was it. Elvis running a rehab meeting. And he would do alcoholic jokes, you know, like, yeah. you know, you're not an alcoholic till you start going to the meetings. You know, stupid jokes like that. And I crush. Right. And Mitzi's like, oh, well, now you're in the main room. Well, she says to me. So everybody hated you. Yeah, yeah. All the comics, forget yeah. it. Oh, forget it. They're yeah. like, are you kidding me? This guy has been tanking for a year. He had one good spot here, which was his audition. And then now she's making him do it again, and he crushes it again. Like, dude, it wasn't like a mediocre spot. Both right. of them. I had two incredible spots, my, and they were both auditions, basically. I hope you recorded both of those sets. No. No. No, I wish. I wish. But you know what, dude? Mitzi was great in yeah. that she would let you go and yeah, work she at would. that. That was what the original room was for. No, she let people fail. Yeah. I mean, she let people, like, find themselves. And I did. Yeah. I did, man. And, and I went on from there to do, do tons of shows. But let me ask you this. Because, I mean, because we do like to talk about money, too. But um, how do, like, you worked a day job. Yeah. And you did that because you wanted stability. Like why? Well, like, I had an apartment. I got very lucky. Um, another production contact. Mm -hmm. uh, at the time, the guy was um, with Inside Edition, the King Brothers. Um, they're huge, huge media moguls. They had this these apartments, and one was rent control in Santa Monica, and it was like four hundred bucks a month. And uh, they let me have it. That's sweet. Yeah. And then, so when you came out here. You already had contacts, people helping you out. Were your um, was your family happy that you were coming out here? Did your family support you? Did they care? Did they? My dad is a lawyer. Okay, so he was thrilled. My I've got a brother and a sister. They're both lawyers. Ah, my mom, she thinks I'm a lawyer because <laughs> I used to call her from the the courthouse. Yes, after Tuxedo Parkway, but um bum. Um, my dad call back. was not, yeah. uh, just in case they thrilled. Just sure. Wake yeah. up folks. Yeah. Here we are. No, he was, no, he's not thrilled with me trying to be a comedian. I, like I would tell him I'm taking acting lessons, dad. I'm in California taking acting lessons. And he's like, great. Maybe they could teach you how to act like you got a job. <laughs> ah, folks, folks. So he was, here all week. so your dad was a comic. He was not thrilled with that. Uh, me being a com comedian, but you know, whatever, man, I was on my own out here doing it. 
what is the um, what's the best paid gig you got doing comedy? Well, one thing about being a comedian for me was I was always very clean. Like I never dropped the f bomb. Mm-hmm. I never. I was a clean comedian, and the impressions, doing the impressions and music and stuff like that, they love that in the corporate world. Right. And I I knew that because when I did uh, Legends in Concert, we used to do the corporate shows. Right. And these guys got a hundred grand to do a corporate show. At that time, Danny Gans in Vegas was very big. Danny Gans got three hundred thousand dollars to do a corporate show. Wow. And you know Jay Leno gets that kind of money, you know, to, mm-hmm. to do a corporate. So that was my focus. I was like, I'm going to be a clean comedian, do music impressions, and do corporate. So I had some good some, some comedy shows on a regular basis. I did a lot of cruise ships. I would do cruise ships at that time for three thousand a week. the The highest paying comedy job I ever had was ten grand. Nice to to do a corporate show, and I would nail one of those once a month. Mm-hmm. At, the, at that time, corporate was big. So that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So what do you do? You um, so you made some nice money. Do you um, do you save your money? What's like a money like? What do you do to save money? Or maybe you don't. You know, honest to God, like now I'm still a comedian. Yeah. Uh, I, I play here very rarely, but I play here. I play the Laugh Factory. I play the Comedy Magic Club on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I live in Hermosa Beach. I can walk to the club. Sure. I, I fell into this other weird corporate thing. I was doing shows for the FBI Academy. This is before James Comey. Because they love okay. to have the comics do. I don't know, man. It was something about the village person. Yeah. They just, I don't know, men with guns and Indians. I don't know. There you go. It was, I, I, would, I would do that. Um, so I'm still doing that. But then all the time I started developing my, my, my production career was always there. I swear to God, I've fallen ass backwards by luck mm-hmm. into, into being here. Mm-hmm. Into being a comedian, yeah, and and taking advantage of the lucky opportunities that people gave me to springboard that and and to develop that. Same thing with my production company. Twelve years ago, I'm working sound on the MTV uh, Video Music Awards, right? And there was some sort of disaster before we were about to go live with with the cameras and everything. Um, and I fixed it like, like I, I, I won't, we, I don't see, we don't have a lot of time left. Do we have to keep it to the 30 minutes? Cause we this, do. Is, we this do. is a whole nother story. <laughs> we'll do that the next one. This is the whole, have you ever heard of date my mom? The show date my mom <laughs> No. who wants to marry my dad. You got to have me back. All this right. is we, folks. There we go. There um, we go. So long story short, this executive at MTV, after I literally got them, their camera feeds back 30 seconds before live. Wow. Uh, he grabbed my coat and he's like, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm the sound guy. And he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, you got to And he tells me about this piece of equipment. It's called the TriCaster. The TriCaster is a beast of a production tool. tool. It's a multi-camera live streaming. This is before everybody streamed on the web, okay? Right, this is right. the very beginning of live streaming. This thing is a beast. Right. I dove into this hook, line, sinker, both feet, Lived, breathed the the TriCaster. I'm probably, you know, I'm on their website. They do a lot of promotional videos for me. So this was 10 years ago. Dude, I have done every MTV Video Music Award live stream and the MTV Movie Awards. And uh, this year, 
America's Got Talent. Um, it, it goes on and on and on. We're, Were you there for Vicky? Yeah. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Really? yeah. We do the live stream for all the backstage stuff. And um, Taylor, who was at the thing, yeah, yeah. you know, Taylor, I'm, I'm there backstage of America's Got Talent. I'm doing all the web streaming, all the Facebook live streaming. And I'm in front of this monstrous piece of equipment, pressing the buttons, doing the thing. And Taylor, who's a comedian who was on America's Got Talent, is like, Brian, get away from that. They're really, why are you touching? You know, because all he knows me as is a comedian. Right. This is true. This right. is, no, he's, I believe it. He's like, Brian, get serious, Brian, get away from that. And I'm like, dude, no, this is mine. It's like, this, I'm, is... this is why I'm here. So I fell into that company working with the TriCaster. And dude. Life is good. I cannot keep up with the tsunami of shows that I've done for 10 years. It's, so that's amazing. It's unbelievable. So in like a very short sentence, what would you tell a young person that wants to come out and do comedy or, you know, be an entertainer? What, what would it be? Wow. I mean, I just spent the whole 30 minutes telling everyone how stupid lucky I was. Right. But like, look, 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 I'm not like hugely famous. I mean, I found my way. Right. You know, keep, keep doing your dream. You will find your way. You will. You'll find your way. Yeah. Wor- work hard. Don't just sit around and think it's going to come to you because it's not. When I, when I dove into that TriCaster, dude, I would start drinking the coffee at 9 o'clock at night. And I right. would drive out to Duarte, you know, two hours away. And they would give me the keys to this production office. And I would all night long, all night, I would work on this machine till I learned it. Wow. And, it, and then I would work sound during the day. And I would do comedy at night. I mean, dude. So be proactive, work your butt off, and I worked, show up. I worked my ass off. When I was here as a comedian, I would be here until midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, and I'd have to be up at 6 a.m., be doing freaking The Bachelor. I'm working on The Bachelor. Wow. You know, I had to be there in Calabasas at 6 a.m. So and I did it for years. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Yep, and, well, qu- and quit drinking. And quit drinking. Um, but you can drink at one point and then stop. All right, well, we're don't, out of time, don't. so we got to stop. I was lucky I got out alive. Don't. You, don't drink it. <laughs> you got out alive. Don't do it. Well, um, we're out of time, so I got to go. You got to go. Oh, I mean, they're going to kick us out anyway. Um, Thank you, Bob. Check us out. You can check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Until next time, I'm Bob Wheeler. Money you should ask. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.